there's this thing that exists called the movement gap. The movement gap is what it's like you you've had a condition or you've had some kind of diagnosis, you've gone to the doctor, you've done your therapies, but you're not better. And you're all done with whatever the medical community is giving you, but you're not really able to do the thing that you want to accomplish. And I, I think it starts with people understanding that they're not alone in that, that there are millions and millions of people that fall into that movement gap that I call it, because they want to be able to pick up their grandkids again. They want to be able to run faster. They want to be able to do whatever it is that's important to them. But it seems like they're on their own now. And I think that knowing that you're not alone there and knowing that you can tap into your senses and you can make improvements in an easy and fun way is really important. Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project podcast. In just a moment, you're going to hear an amazing conversation between myself and today's guest expert, Trent McIntyre. Trent has a really unique history. He grew up having a neurological disorder, cerebral palsy, and he had a lot of struggles with reading, with movement, with coordination. And that spurred him on to a life and a career to study movement and to help people enhance their neurological functioning. And when I say neurological, I kind of want to define this term because it's going to come up a lot in our conversation you're about to hear. And neurological effectively means related to the nervous system. So we have this brain and we have this spinal cord and it controls all these nerves, our motor nerves that allow us to move our bodies and our sensory nerves that allow us to take in sensation from our eyes, our ears, our touch, our smell, our taste. And what's really cool is the process of learning and balance and coordination requires this nervous system input. And when it functions well, what we have is balance, we have good memory, we have coordination, we have quick and clarity of thinking. And as we get older, this is something we absolutely want to train. And the nervous system is kept healthy by doing the things that we talk about here at the Fit Father Project, Fit Mother Project, fueling your body right having a good circadian rhythm and sleeping well, doing the right kinds of exercises. The cool thing that Trent's basically discovered in his life is that there's actually specific brain training you can do. And he developed a really awesome device that I'm a huge fan of called the Brain Speed Ball that I'm going to show you in just a second to help you train your nervous system, to help you train sensory input and to help you have a sharper clarity of mind, improve balance, coordination, better mood, and improve focus. This is some really cool stuff, and I think this is just a nice addition to your health and fitness repertoire. I think you have a lot of the fundamental foundations down with nutrition and exercise, sleep, and some of these things, and now you can take things to the next level with some certain devices and gadgets. And this brain speed ball is super cool because it's just a ball you can play a little game with, and it trains your nervous system to be faster and more sharp. And this episode is going to be very relevant for you if you have kids and they're athletes and you want to help them improve their athletic performance. If you want to personally focus on keeping your memory sharp as you age and your coordination and your balance sharp as you age, or if you have aging parents and you want to help them have the best cognitive health that they can have into the last chapter of their life, this technique that Trent has effectively developed with his brain speed ball is amazing. It's really amazing. And I'm a big fan of it. That's why I want to bring Trent on so I could expose you to his great work and this really cool tool. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Trent McIntyre and let's talk about how you can improve your nervous system, improve your balance, your focus by using the brain speed ball. All right, Trent, welcome officially to the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project podcast, my friend. I am so happy to have you here. 
Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And this is fun because this is one of those experiences where life is kind of boomeranged us back and forth into each other's lives. You have an incredible mission and product that we're going to talk about in a program, you know, brain speed and everything associated with that. And we got the chance to meet by chance on a bus in New York on a way to a fun event around eight years ago. It feels like, and, and it's really cool that we're back here and that we get to share your mission and your work with our audience. So I'll give a little bit of, of my backstory is, is your, about my backstory of understanding of, of your life is that you're a man who's incredibly committed to movement, to helping people restore balance, coordination, vitality to their lives through the nervous system, through moving the body. And this came from some deep personal experience in your life. And so let's kick off a little bit of your personal story about how you got into this work of helping people move better, uh, balance, and age better. Yeah, there's really two things that converged in my life. And the first thing was that I I didn't know this, but I was born with a class one cerebral palsy. So I grew up my whole life not knowing that that was the case and thinking that my restriction and discomfort and inability to do some movement in my joints was normal, that everybody felt this way, that it was just what you what you lived with. And I I was an athlete. I always played basketball and... I was also creative. And so I actually got into dance as a way to get out of my small town, to go to college and get a scholarship. And so I did that. But dancing became something that was therapeutic for me because for the first time, I would feel better in my body. And I was also able to be an athlete. And so I loved that component and then throw in the fact that I can get out of my small town and go to college, be the first one in my family to sort of like get out of here kind of a thing. And so that I did that. And then while I was at college, I was dancing at a, at a very high level you know, six or seven hours a day, six days a week, most of the time. And then I woke up one morning and I could barely walk to the shower. I mean, like hobble, dysfunction, inflammation, pain, and from the knees down. And it was, it was like one of those moments where you're like, I think this might be over. I think I might be done. Cause I don't know, this feels really severe and significant. And as a college student, I couldn't afford therapies or professionals, or I even at that point didn't know how to build a team around helping myself. So I was home for, for break and I was just kind of complaining to my mom about all of this stuff. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't know why I have all of this pain and inflammation from the knees down. It just doesn't make sense. And she was like, well, Trent, that's because you were born with cerebral palsy. And so at age 19, it was the first time that I had any answers to why I felt the way I did. And that was the start of me solving the problem for myself and looking into applying what at the time wasn't called neuroscience. It was neuroscience, but there wasn't a language around it because it hadn't, we hadn't really developed enough uh, literature and vocabulary around the fact that we should be looking at our brains to improve our function. So I was doing all kinds of movement therapies and inventing exercises, and I was able to rehab my own injury. And that process became the catalyst for applying it for the people and being passionate around, I'm not the only one that has these gaps in my abilities that need support. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful story. I mean, and often, you know, as is the case that 
born out of our own pain and conquering of our own challenges comes this great gift. And for you now, it is a deep understanding of the nervous system and simple and fun ways to help people retrain and gain more function. And I want to set the stage a little more clearly for people listening, because it's one thing to be born with a neurologic condition like you had, and then to move at a high level, and then to be able to restore and heal. For other people relating to this, this is effectively how well you move and you age. So as we get older, we often lose neurological coordination, we lose muscle strength, we lose the quickness and the sharpness of the mind, and there's inputs we can give our bodies to help us stay sharp as we age. So for those who are looking to get older, who are parents who are getting older, this training is important. And of course, there's also for athletes, right? You know, Talk to us about a couple of the categories of people that really benefit from the stuff we're going to share and go over in this conversation today. Yeah, and that's that's really the second arm is because I was I was definitely had these movement gaps. I'd had these things that I just couldn't do in my body, but I was an athlete. I was I was performing and moving my body at a very high level. And so being in both of those categories set the stage early that both people that have some dysfunction and maybe they're recovering from stroke or they have MS or they're just naturally declining with age and maybe they've always had a little bit of an issue, but they've just gotten worse as they've aged. That category is huge. Fall prevention is huge. And the other category of being an athlete, because there's a lot at stake. Athletes have a lot at stake because they have to stay at a top edge to do their sport at that elite level, to compete, to stay at the Olympics, to you know, stay on the court, get their court time, things like that. And so for me to discover that this was all about the senses was that second arm that I was referencing earlier. And that is, you know, I always had a hard time reading. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I understood that my eyes didn't work well together, that I actually had eye weakness that was making reading hard and it was making athletic performance hard. And I happened to stumble across a a, um, vision therapist that took me through a few eye exercises And it had a huge response in my ability to process, to think, to read. And for the first time, I could read without falling asleep. And I don't know about you, but a lot of people that read, they can get a few sentences in and they fall asleep. And I don't really know why reading isn't enjoyable, but I was able to be able to read again and then connect that to my athletic ability. And so those two categories, I'm super close to, you know, I'm just, I've been in both of those categories. So seniors, aging population, athletes, and then kids, of course, because I was that kid in third grade that couldn't read my my work. And my teacher would say, oh, well, you know, since you're having a hard time reading, here's more reading to do at home. (laughs) That thing that you really really struggled with, let me give you more of that thing. But what I needed was eye exercises. I needed support for my sensory input so that I could actually do that task. We know that if you get better sensory input, you get better output. And that output is both with reading, with walking, with balance, athletic performance. It works across all all of the landscape because your nervous system is driving all of those those capabilities. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. What we've kind of laid the land here is basically anyone can benefit from this neural training. And there's a fun and simple way you can do it. And you invented a device, I guess you could say, but it's like, you know, let's tell us about this. There's this thing, brain speed ball for those who are watching on video, like YouTube or Facebook or something like that. Like I'm holding one right here. It is a kind of like a squishy ball. It's orange, bright orange. It's amazing. And it's kind of like the ball you might find at like a grocery store where they used to sell like those kinds of balls in, in bins and stuff, except what's genius about it is it has all these numbers and letters wrapped all around it. So 
why'd you come up with this thing and how does it work for helping people like get some of this sensory feedback and input? Yeah, you know, there's brilliant vision therapy and athletic training that exists, but it's not very fun. It's complicated. People don't want to do their homework because it's not engaging. So I really sat with how do we take this idea of getting your eyes to be stronger, to have eye tracking, to have head movement, which improves your balance, wrapped into a fun game. So we just, I just thought, you know, this has got to be something fun. And really like the inner eight-year-old in me, it was like, what would my, what would my eight-year-old want to do? You know, like, so it's really just a fun game that can have infinite possibilities in how you play. And at a basic level, it's just you and I would be playing a game of catch. So we're throwing it back and forth. And then you're tracking the ball as it comes into your hands. And what the hack here is that you have a vision tracking, which is huge to make your eyes stronger, make them work together to have better coordination. Because if your eyes are better coordinated, then your whole system, your whole brain is better coordinated. But the second level here is that when you catch the ball, you're going to track a letter or number and then say it out loud. So if you caught the ball and you'd say M, I'd throw it to you, you'd catch it and you'd say eight. And we'd go back and forth. And by seeing what it is, deciding what to do about it, and then acting on it and then saying it, you take your brain through a process of that sense, decide, act over and over again which is how it already processes. So we're, it's like if you were doing weight training, you would lift the weight to make the muscle stronger in a way that you'd want to be functional in your life to, to help the whole thing come together. Same thing here. You're asking your brain to go through a sequence that it already uses to make decisions and act on them. And by doing that, and you don't even have to know anything about brain science to tap into that, that ability that's already there. Yep. It's brilliant. And I, I as someone who's played, I, I play with this ball in the garage with my family now. You're playing a game of catch. You're tossing it back and forth, which is inherently fun. You know, we all love doing that growing up. It's something that's fun to kind of do. And it's a really nice ball. It's not hard. It's nice and easy to catch. And then it's so engaging to be able to like catch it and immediately have the speed of the processing to see the first thing that you see. As you said, you speak it out. So I'm, I see an M right now and I pass it back to you. And you get into this kind of flow state. It's pretty like meditative as you're going back and forth. And you're just kind of in this flow of trying to be as, as quick and as smooth as possible while tossing the ball. And you can train with someone else. And I know you have a lot of other activities with this where you maybe throw it a little off balance or maybe you can even pick out only letters versus numbers. There's just so many cool things you could do with this ball. And I think it's amazing for families to have this and start to like throw this around with your kids and, and spend some time just training with this ball. Cause I think what you said was brilliant. The training is automatic just by doing the action of tossing, catching and processing. The training is happening. It's like, there's no more that needs to be understood past that and just like play with the ball and you get the benefits. Yeah. That's important because, you know, if somebody feels like that they're not confident in what they're doing, then they're not going to do it. And so if you have all of these heavy instructions, you have to know neuroscience and you have to have all this information to be able to play the game, then who's going to play it? Because you wouldn't feel like you could. But you don't have to have that. It works because it's built, it connects right to how we're wired. And in that, I've seen, that's why I feel like from age three to in their 90s, finding a way for someone to play. And I challenge myself because I'm using it a lot. I want to come up with more and more new ways of playing the game. And I've even played the game with people that didn't speak the same language as I did. Because ultimately, I could find a way for them to do some kind of recall, even if they don't know the letters and numbers in the ball. We have uh, preschool classes using this. They sit the kids in a circle and they roll the ball. And when they get to the ball, they have to put their finger on what they see. And then the teacher helps them identify the letter or number. 
And then the kids kind of get involved, like, what'd you get? What'd you get? You know, and you sort of have this like collaboration involved and uh, their barriers are down. It's a fun game. They don't know they're doing a brain game. They don't even know that they're learning their letters and numbers. It's just built into this fun activity. And, And that's really, it's fun to see because teachers need even uh, simpler, powerful ways to support their kids in their classroom. So uh, we have gym teachers using it so they can get their kids moving, get their senses involved and without having to make it heavy and complicated. And kids can come up with their own games too. So you don't have to even tell the kids what to do. As long as they have the basic where they're catching it and they're recalling what they see at some level, they get all the benefits. Yep, totally. And I think there's some other really cool stuff with athletes, because I know there's a lot of parents here who have kids who are listening to this who are heavily invested in athletics. Ultimately, when you're playing a sport, you need the physical attributes to be good at that sport, the right kind of strength, agility factors. But then it comes down to processing speed and decision-making and coordination. Like these are the skills of any sport. They're just applied in a different game context, right? So this is something that works on all of that. And it was really cool. And one of your videos inside your training package with the ball is the backwards. So the athlete's backwards and you're behind them. You're throwing the ball and you say, right. And they spin and catch the ball, right. And then recall, like there was a particular activity. And then you, th- then they throw it back to you. You throw it at them again. Again, the ball's coming from behind them. You call left. They turn left and catch. Imagine just the benefits that can stack up for somebody, a cognitive processing speed for athletes. Like this could help your kids do, do whatever they want to do better. I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because so often in a sport, you're practicing that sport over and over again. So if you're a right-handed hitter, you're always standing in that same way, looking to your left. And so you're not really using your senses in all directions and all capabilities. And by incorporating a full range of strengthening your senses in all directions, it improves your sport because now you're not just limited to that one spot. Or if you're a hitter that always strikes out, why are you striking out? Well, I bet you if you watch, you're not able to watch the ball come across the plate. You lose the ball. And so we can play a game to help train the eyes to better focus on the ball, to see it hit the bat so you can actually accomplish the task of the sport. Nice. I want to know, like with something like this, you know, which is like the beefed up version of playing catch with all the cognitive processing, what is a dose that someone would do in terms of training? I mean, I'm sure any of it is good. Is it a daily thing for 10 minutes? Is it a couple times per week in bigger sessions? Like, how would you approach this? And there's probably many ways. I'd love to hear some of your philosophies on it. The basic is it's five minutes or less. It's we see really huge transformations in five minutes or less. And depending on how big your goal is and what's at stake and how much improvement you want to make, then of course it becomes more frequency. And so we have, we have clients that are doing this two or three times a week, and we have athletes that do this twice a day, depending on what's at stake and how much they need to improve. And I really recommend that it's used in a way that you can learn from it. Because I, I, want, I want people of all abilities to understand their improvement. So if you have an athlete that has a particular skill they're trying to improve, like let's say we, they want to run faster. It's one of my favorites. It's like, okay, let's, let's run a 40 and we'll time it. And then we'll play the game for five minutes and I'll time you again. And I'll bet you I can make you run faster. And, you know, 99% of the time it improves. And then they go, that was faster. I can measure it. It's real. It's not something like, oh, I think I feel better, but they can actually measure what's changing. You can measure range of motion. You can measure accuracy. You're a soccer player and you're trying to get accuracy and kicking the ball to a certain part of the net. You can measure that, you know, kick it 10 times, play the game, kick it again. And so I like that for people to understand that 
you, you could you could play it for five minutes or less. We certainly have kids that play it for one or two minutes before homework. That's awesome. Just as a way to get them focused on on task. In fact, a couple of years ago, I got, I got a call from a mom. I have no idea who she was. She just had to talk to me. And she's like, I have to tell you what happened. I, I got this ball for myself from my uh, trainer. And I set it on the counter and my daughter found it. And she's 13. And she just decided to start playing with it and asked me a couple of questions. And I said, well, I don't know. I think you do this and that with it and gave her basics of catching and tracking with it. And she said, I had to tell you this because it's for the first time in her life, she could sit and do her homework. And the disruption that this has caused in our family when you have a teenager that cannot focus on their homework is huge. And she said, just this simple game has transformed their family dynamic because their kid can do their homework. I mean, it gives me goosebumps still because, you know, if you, if you have kids and you, you watch them struggle and you're trying to help them, but you just, you can't quite break through, it becomes uh, incredible that they can have a tool that they can play on their own and feel empowered by it and see the results and feel like they have some hope in the situation. Yeah, for sure. And, and I want to plus on that. What this effectively does is you're playing the game. We mentioned the words like meditative state, flow state. It gets the mind completely present to this one activity, right? Toss, catch, process. And it just becomes like, you may say the mind becomes one pointed at one activity. And ultimately that's the kind of focus concept that we then want to apply to all of our work and our other endeavors. You're training the mind, especially with young people. You could say, oh, you should, you know, do something like meditation, which also focuses in one points the mind, but this is just a much more fun way to do it in one sense. And you don't realize you're getting these kind of meditative benefits from this as well. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think it's hard for people who don't know how to meditate to go, just meditate. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. And and that feels weird. It's like, okay, well, we can get you to meditate without even saying the word meditation. <laughs> You'll have, you know, and it clears your mind. And for, for anybody that needs to help with some self-regulation, this is like the go-to thing. I mean, if, if I if I have a, a tough client or a tough phone call or something like that, this is the next thing that I do just to get my nervous system to relax and to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm grounded again and I don't have to be so worked up or upset or frustrated or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome because, you know, for any age and any ability, it seems, it, it, it can seem like kind of impossible that a five-minute game can apply to so many people. But we all have the same brain. We all work in the same way. So it really comes down to what's at stake and what are you trying to improve? And I just, I want to encourage again people to, to play with it and to measure you know, what, what's happening before and after you play the game so you can really understand, you know, how to, how to make the improvements you want to make and, you know, lean into where you're having a positive effect. Right. Beautiful. And, you know, I, I would say just to plus on that again, it's like this is, it's kind of primal, right? We have these appendages that we move through space and we're throwing and catching and we're doing this. Like this is like just putting a very high level input into the nervous system because this is what these limbs are kind of designed to do and these eyes are designed to coordinate with the limbs. So you can see how this is like really just so simple yet so profound at the same time. And we haven't really done like product endorsements on this show. I just think this thing's awesome. So I'm so excited about it. Another application I think is cool is for people who have parents who are getting older. Look, you have parents who are in their 70s, 80s, sometimes even in 90s. They may not have the physical strength to get out and exercise and walk, but they still want to maintain as much cognitive sharpness as possible. I mean, ideally walk and move as much as you can to old age. But if someone's on a couch and they can still catch a ball, they can still get benefits to their cognition. And it's also probably a cool way to interact. Maybe I'd like to see more of these flying around the living room, you know, with, with parents. And I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, the, the senior population that, that we work with, uh, they, it's, they haven't caught a ball in decades. 
most of them. <laughs> and so then just the nature of like playing a game of catch is fun and they get, they engages them in a brand new way that they, they haven't. And it doesn't feel like exercise. It doesn't feel like other brain games they might be doing on a computer that are arguably <laughs> ineffective in, in a lot of respects for what, for helping them with their balance, but to get them to be able to move their eyes and move their head and coordinate that catching and that brain processing has huge effects on their ability to balance. And, you know, I had a, a client, she's, she's almost 80 and she got out of her car and missed the curb. And she's like, I park there all the time. I know there's a curb there. And somehow I missed the curb and I fell. And she's like, I don't understand it. It's like, well, it wasn't a matter of you like not knowing there's a curb there, but if your senses are weak and you're not really seeing it and you have an imbalance in the inner ear, then you miss the curb and falling is their, their number one threat. I mean, it's just like if they fall and they hit their head, then, you know, it, it, it could be a big problem and game over for a lot of people. So at those ages, fall prevention becomes huge. And if we can do anything to get them engaged in preventing those, those you know, catastrophic falls, it's, it's just a win. For sure. Another great application of this. Okay. So we've talked about brain speedball a lot and for good reason. I think it's awesome. What else do you like to share with people in terms of tactics, strategies, lifestyle factors, other things to just improve their overall neurological well-being? Well, I think it starts with having some awareness. You know, there's this concept that I, I've really spent a lot of time sharing with people, and that is that there's this thing that exists called the movement gap. The movement gap is what it's like you, you've had a condition or you've had some kind of diagnosis, you've gone to the doctor, you've done your therapies, but you're not better. And you're all done with whatever the medical community is giving you, but you're not really able to do the thing that you want to accomplish. And I, I think it starts with people understanding that they're not alone in that, that there are millions and millions of people that fall into that movement gap that I call it because they want to be able to pick up their grandkids again. They want to be able to run faster. They want to be able to do whatever it is that's important to them. But it seems like they're on their own now. And I think that um, knowing that you're not alone there and knowing that you can tap into your senses and you can make improvements in an easy and fun way is really important. I think we overthink things so much and we, we get in our head and we try to make things perfect. So my advice is whether you're playing with a brain speed ball or you're doing anything is to let go of it being perfect and then just take the step forward. Take, take a step in the right direction so that you're making moves that will support your well-being. Yeah, awareness certainly is a thing. And also the community, right? Knowing that we're, there's many like, like we're all going through this life experience together, right? And we all have nervous systems. So we're kind of, <laughs> you know, this is foundational to how we relate and interact with one another. And a couple of things I would add just off the top of my head is to maximize the benefits of doing this kind of brain speed training would be to have a really high quality diet, right? Good nutrition, you know, making sure that the blood sugar is nice and stable. You're not having a lot of processed sugar, get some good omega-3 fats in your diet, sleep well, have a good circadian balance because all of this stuff interfaces with the nervous system. So the right kind of fuel, the right kind of inputs and training, you know, it, it's just all one big thing. So it's well-being for many different inputs. Yeah. I, I, I tend to be the hydration police in my family with my clients because they're, they're all dehydrated. And when they're dehydrated that you just can't process through. And I, you know, I have, I have a college student, um, my oldest, and then my youngest is about to be a freshman in college. And I, I just, all the time, I'm like, just make sure you stay hydrated because you're, you're going to be working against yourself no matter what you're doing, if you're, if you're dehydrated at all. And especially since you're, you're applying yourself extra with a class or studies, 
you've got to stay on top of that hydration. And I find that um, with the older population, because they can often be on medications that would make them have to go to the bathroom more frequently, that they drink less water because of the medication. Right, good point. And then they have this double-edged sore that works against them. So I have that conversation with my father-in-law a lot. I was, I'm just like, okay, can you put down the Coke and drink some water? He's like, well, if I drink water, then I've got to go to the bathroom more because of my medication. It's like, okay, but you'll go to the bathroom more and you'll be hydrated. <laughs> it's like, you're, you, we got to like balance out the health. It doesn't mean you have to go from zero to a thousand in your hydration, but something that, you know, keeps your, keeps your insides functioning at a better level. Yep. And I'm glad you really did bring hydration up because in many ways, it's also one of those highest level inputs in the nutrition side of things. You just take care of this one thing. You give the body more good water and good hydration, electrolytes, all this stuff. Everything functions. It's pretty simple, but has big, big yield. And definitely all the people listening to this who are in our Fit Father, Fit Mother programs are nodding their heads because <laughs> right. they've been drinking more water than they're used to in a long time. And, yeah. they feel, and they feel so much better as a result of it. And look, you got to pee more. Yes, you do. It's just how it is. Water in, water out. But again, that's just more, you're accumulating more steps in motion. It's more chance to move your body. Like, and, and it's certainly worth the benefits of feeling much better. So that's a really great point. All right. Well, this was truly a pleasure. I mean, I think we covered some awesome ground in this conversation and people are really excited. I'd love to turn it over to you one more time to tell some people about if they're interested in one, pursuing more of your work, learning more about what you do, you know, where they can find you, website addresses and stuff like that. And we'll also, if you're listening to this on our Fit Father or Fit Mother Project websites on the blog under the podcast section, we'll have links all over the place to, to your stuff trends. So please tell us where they can find you and learn more. Yeah, you can learn more if you go to fireupyourbrain.com. And we have all of the programs that you can access there, but also there's some free resources. So if you want to learn more about what's behind playing the game, I have a section called Ask Trent. And I've taken some questions that people have given me and put them into some videos so you can better understand how it might help you with various conditions and various situations. Awesome. Well, Trent, thanks for coming on and sharing your story and for creating you know, this wonderful tool and having so much fun with it. And I'm excited to see more brain speedballs out in the world, whether they're in gyms and schools and our family's certainly going to benefit from them and absolutely training my daughter with this thing. So I'm really grateful you made this. Thanks for coming on today. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.